Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lit to Lens podcast. This is this is our final episode of this year, uh, 2020, which has been the longest year probably in recorded history. Um, so what are we what are we going to be recapping today, Eric? 2020 was actually a leap year, right? I feel like we have forgotten about that. Was it a leap year? I think it is. It probably was. Who? I mean, no one can remember. Yeah. But so longer than a normal year, just based on the amount of days, but. Emotionally, also, yes, the the very longest of years. <laughs> I think uh, there's probably a statistic out there that most people um, have recorded or have grown gray hair from this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I don't think it, I didn't really read that anywhere, but that's just my general feeling. I think Einstein said time is a relative construct and therefore the year lasts as long as you believe it does. Einstein was a hack. <laughs> Um, so today, Will, we're talking about our top threes of 2020. That's right. Top three movies, top three books, and top three Lit 2 Lens episodes. Um, this is our this is our year-end episode. Yep. We're going to have a little fun with it. Yeah, we've done lists. Yeah, we've never done one of these before, I believe. Right? I don't think we've done like a yearly recap. No. Um, so this is kind of new for us, but we thought 2020 being 2020, we should probably recap it and just move on. Look back, salute it as we kick it out into the open ocean on fire and give it a viking funeral <laughs> let it burn let it burn <laughs> so what are we uh, looking forward to in 2021 or sorry that is uh what we're going to be finishing with yeah i'm just reading my google doc as i do this so yeah. apologies let's let's give the people what they want yeah well first which is a list yes so movies movies you so go first i'll go first we're gonna be counting down our top three movies um from this year, and I think it's important to note that these are not all 2020 releases. Mm-hmm. These are movies that we watched in 2020. Just for our own personal enjoyment. Yeah. There weren't a lot of new movies, and the new movies that did come out were not always easy to find. Mm-hmm. And some of the movies that did come out, I just didn't really like that much. Yep, fair. Um, so these are just movies we watched in 2020 that we liked. Mm-hmm. My number three movie of the year, Will, is Emma. Um, okay. Emma is a lit-to-lens joint because it's an adaptation of the Jane Austen novel from like 1815. But this movie came out, I think in February or March, yep. right before the pandemic shut everything down. And I didn't watch it until October or November. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I didn't think it was for me. I'm not usually one who loves a costume drama or a book like that seemed to be so like haughty and serious as a Jane Austen book might be. Mm-hmm. But movie is kind of delightful it's really? really fun it's really funny the costumes are amazing i really like the lead actress um anna taylor joy oh she, that's that was this was her joint yeah the queen's gambit queen's gambit girl she okay. was in the new mutants as well this year so she had a big year dang wow yeah um she's got a very particular look mm-hmm. i feel like she's got a very expressive face yeah. Um, but she's really funny this movie is really funny she's got those wide eyes she does have wide eyes intimidating yeah i think she's half english and half argentinian oh really yeah that's a wild combination yeah. she's like messy playing in the premier league <laughs> oh and wait till next year <laughs> okay number three that's my number three that's good so uh my number three was half nelson um which is a story of uh, a drug addict teacher um in a impoverished community uh stars ryan gosling um and I'd always heard it was good. Uh, I think he was nominated for Best Actor this whatever year it was. And I was always kind of in the back of my queue, you know? Like, oh, I'll watch it someday. And then I finally got around to it this year. And I was very delighted and surprised how good it was. That's a 
Is that a hard movie to watch? I don't think... I think I've seen me... Not me, Earl and the Dying Girl. What's the other one? Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. Was that... That one was hard to watch? Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like that one was weird. Was this one weird or was this one... No, this was pretty straight shot. I mean, it was basically... Um, it's kind of like gritty um, and realistic. I wouldn't say it was like dolled up or anything like that, but Ryan Gosling was like really, really good in it. Um, I haven't really seen him in a role like this where he's like super duper expressive. Um, and that was a good story. And the ending was really good. Um, spoiler, it was sad. Um, but I think sometimes those are the best stories. But As all drug movies are. I got to recommend that sad. one. That's true. Okay. All right, so moving on to my number two. Um, my number two is 1917. This is a movie that came out in 2019, about 100 years after the, the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and famously, this is like a, a one a one for, or a one-er, not a one for, a one-er movie where it's essentially shot in one take. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really good. My memories of it are I was on a work trip in upstate New York, and I had some time to kill. I looked up where a movie theater was. This was one of the movies that I hadn't seen that was playing that I really thought I wanted to see in the theater. And it was just awesome. Really? Like having the big screen. Uh, obviously, it's a war movie. So it's really loud. The action is all over the place. I think seeing it in a theater was right. Like, I don't think I would have liked this movie as much as if I watched it like in my basement, you know, on my like 50-inch TV. Right, right. I think having the giant screen having all the like surrounding ephemera was really good for it. So did you see this in like January or February? Yeah. I saw this late January. Oh, okay. So before COVID. Yeah. That's good. I don't, I haven't been to a movie theater since COVID. Was that the last one? No, we remember we, well, oh, my we last one to, was with you when we Invisible saw Man. Invisible Man. That's right. That was the 20, February 28th. Okay. The That's day right. before the leap day. Oh my God. Full circle. <laughs> um, I only saw four movies in theaters this year. But this think, was like yeah. I think the second one. Okay, but um, really good. Um, I don't I don't know I can't remember what it won at the Oscars. It didn't it didn't win best best picture. It might have won best director. It definitely though. won cinematography. Yeah, for Roger Deakins. Um, but it was up there. I mean, it was like considered like possibly one of the contenders actually for winning best picture. Yeah, before Parasite came in and stole it. Yeah, I watched Parasite with you as well. That's true. Yeah, we did. Um, so definitely recommend 1970. Yeah, I gotta watch that one. Um, so my number two is Solaris, uh, the original, not the remake with George Clooney. Um, and this one actually had not really been on my radar for that long. I was more interested in seeing the Clooney version for a long time. Um, and then when we did the episode, uh, I was super surprised how good it was. I mean, the ratings were really good. The reviews are really good, but I'm not really one for old movies, especially Russian um, movies, especially Russian movies. Um, so when we watched it, I was just like incredibly uh struck by how good it was and just especially the ending uh the ending i think really did it for me where um they kind of draw out and he's in spoilers again we find out that he's like stuck on solaris but through his through his mind essentially um we we see that he's he thinks that he's still he's back on earth um i don't know it just kind of blew me away the ending and and, and all that um the way they kind of took the story and just built upon it um I just thought it was really well done. And, you know, of course, my favorite scene was the driving scene that took 20 minutes. Yeah. You love cars. I love cars. It would have been better if they were driving in a Jeep, but... You know. yeah. Well, you can't get everything, yeah. you know. No Jeeps in Russia, I guess. No. So that was my number two, Solaris. Okay. I forgot the director's name, but... Uh, Tarkovsky. Out. 
thank you yeah i forgot actually that i watched that movie so that's it that's an honorable mention for me okay cool <laughs> that was such a long time ago it was <laughs> um okay my number one drum roll i am picking soul soul is a is the new pixar released from this year yeah just came out right yeah it came out last week i think um you can watch it on disney plus for free Oh, as long okay. as you have Disney Plus, which is a paid service. So you got to pay for it. It's actually not for free. Yeah. But um, sometimes Disney Plus likes to give you premium offerings. It's like, oh, you can watch Mulan mm. for an additional $30. Oh, my God. But thanks for paying us a monthly fee. As if they don't have enough money. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird It's a weird thing. Right. But this movie, I thought, was just the bomb. Um, really? It's sort of related to Inside Out in that it, it deals with like the inner workings of something. Mm. Inside Out is more about like your emotions you know this is why you're angry this is why you're sad this is why you're whatever whatever it is um soul kind of takes a different approach by looking at not the afterlife but the before life and how souls get personality traits um and oh. is really focused on like living l-i-v-i-n living um apostrophe oh. apostrophe yeah like mcconaughey would say um but i thought this was really good it was really sweet it was really funny and it made me cry a little bit so oh. as all pixar movies do yeah they do i think i'm like 100 percent on little little wells of tears building a little, up. little water building a little bit you know <laughs> the levee's breaking yeah that's bit. how you know it's working <laughs> <laughs> that is cool actually I've, I've i've seen advertisements for it i haven't seen a trailer for it but i didn't know that's what it was about um yeah so I've, it's it's about sorry um no it's okay a middle school like jazz teacher or like music teacher Mm -hmm. who gets his big break to perform at like a a live jazz show and then dies and then is essentially trying to like get back to the world so he can perform on that show which he's he knows it's going to be his big big like musical break so he has to transfer his soul to like another yeah so he goes into this he's about to die but instead of going to the afterlife he like jumps off this escalator going towards the afterlife and falls into the before life i think it's called mm-hmm. um and then he meets up with a, a like a, a a soul before that soul has been placed in a body oh. they bond there's like hijinks and at the end everyone realizes that you know it's just important that you enjoy life yeah yeah that's well, the important thing that's true yeah that's a good uh message yeah um that's really interesting i think i, I think i'm gonna see that because i when i saw the um advertisements for it and whatever i kind of thought oh it's just a soul it's just a, like a movie about jazz like okay that's interesting but like i don't really but i see it's like now animated la la land it's like a double entendre yeah makes sense yeah okay i'll check it out it is a double entendre you're right shit. you're welcome shit <laughs> <laughs> all right you're number one will number one um is another film that comes out of korea um it is called burning it's another episode that we did based on a Harugu Murakami short story called Barn Burning. Um, this movie uh, was just awesome um, in almost every single way. It, it um, And, you know, I think I watched it twice, and you, you just understand more and more about it. You kind of peel more layers back the more you watch it. And I think those are some of the best movies where you don't get everything the first time, and you learn something new with a second and a third and a fourth viewing. And um, this is one that I'll certainly be coming back to as the years go on. Um, but I think we had probably one of our best discussions with this book just because there was so much to unpack and there was so much ambiguity. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big theme of our episode uh, after watching and reading it that, you know, there was just more room for discussion. Um, and I think those are some of my favorite movies that's just sort of like 
um, instead of giving you everything, they sort of show you everything, but don't tell you everything. If that makes sense, you're yeah. sort of left there to fill in the cracks for yourself and come up with your own interpretation and whatever. And so that movie um, just sort of like s- stayed with me for a while. So that was a dope movie. Yeah, I agree. It was it was very cool. It was, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So let's transition to our next list of three which is books books okay so we're gonna start with me mine number three was uh actually a, a rereading i'd read this years pre- previously but um read it again this year for one of our episodes it is the accidental billionaires which is um which was turned into the movie the social network which mm-hmm. we did um and just rereading it you know whatever it was five six seven years after reading it the first time um you just get more and especially like after watching the movie so many times um it's just like almost like it's an almost an easier read because you kind of know what's coming but you pick up things here and there that you maybe forgot about or you maybe you know didn't get the first time so that was probably my 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 number three book of this year okay yeah i i agree with all that um i do i remember when we like i also read that years ago and then Mm reread it for the podcast and i my big takeaway was just like wow this all feels like conjecture like Mm. i don't know I, I remembered it being like way more straightforwardly reported and then I read it and I was like, man, he's just like making up all these conversations. He's kind of, yeah, doing, he had, takes a lot of liberties yeah. with it. But he's very upfront with like, I'm making up these conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway. So what's your number three? My number three is Inherent Vice. You can listen to our recent episode on this for a, a more full discussion on um, the reasons why I like the book because I know you like this a little bit less than I did mm-hmm. but I just thought this book this book had a really cool vibe I liked the timing I liked the place I, I love Southern California as an idea as like a, a playground for writers mm. and I really liked the main character Doc Sportello who is mad like a lunatic lunatic um, and he's you know high all the time mm-hmm. he seems kind of stupid but might actually be a little bit smarter than you think I really liked the plotting. It was sort of like a, a whodunit, find this missing person, and then it turns on its head. And I just really thought it was well-written. Yeah. I blew through it. Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, Thomas Pynchon. Yeah. Come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? No one knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and then, so my number two is a book called The Ocean at the End of the Lane, uh, which is written by Neil Gaiman. Or Gaiman? Gaiman. Gaiman. Um, which is a story about a, a young boy who... Um, kind of gets um, like uh, sort of not a, not abuses the wrong word like um, tormented by this um, this kind of creature being creature that is uh, impersonating like a very friendly attractive woman and this woman is basically trying to take over her life to come back to his world uh, as opposed to like the world that it's from which is like a like another world or like a like an underground world where like evil beings are and stuff um and it's a pretty easy read i think it's like maybe 200 pages or less it's it's pretty breezy but it's it was an inter- very entertaining story um so and i think that's the second neil gaiman i read american gods which i like kind of trudged through that's a big book yeah this one was a lot easier and a lot more fun so number two yeah american gods i remember being fun fun ish yeah. but it's also a big big boy it's a lot yeah yeah um, all right, my number two is They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. Um, this is a book of essays. I'm going to butcher his last name, but his name is Hanif Abdurraqib, I think. Okay. Um, he's really, really hilarious. He lives in Columbus, Ohio. 
He is sort of a cultural critic, but with a focus on music. And he's especially interested in pop culture, or sorry, pop music like Carly Rae Jepsen, popular mm. acts. This, mm. this book is a couple years old. Okay. Carly Rae Jepsen's less relevant now. But <laughs> yeah. um, Carly Rae Jepsen, Bruce Springsteen, but he also likes emo, rocky kind of music. Oh, okay. Um, and the book is a collection of essays that sort of talk about the intersection of pop culture and blackness in a way that isn't like it's very it's very approachable at least okay. for someone like me who you know is white right mm, yeah um, it's not in your face yeah but it's in a way i can understand though i haven't like lived a life like that right um but he's really funny he's really engaging as a writer i think it, as a also as a writer it can be kind of hard to turn an essay from like carly ray jepsen from a carly ray jepsen's carly god Carly Rae? These names. Um, from a like Carly Rae Jepsen show as your anchoring force in an essay and then have larger conversations about America, being black in America, and tying all that together in a way that doesn't feel hokey. Interesting. I think he threads a needle really, really well. Huh. So he kind of brings different ideas. Yeah. Um, it's like nothing I've read block. before. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So that's where'd my number two. I where did you hear about that? Um, one of our, one of my wife's really good friends um owns this book and lent it to me oh cool yeah shout out veronica thank you for the book <laughs> shout out veronica yeah oh cool um and then we're on number one so my number one is hear the wind sing slash pinball oh uh by Haruki murakami which are actually it's actually two different books but it's they sell it as one book at barnes and noble and they go they go together they're the same characters um and they're basically kind of about um, well, at least pinball is about um, this guy who's looking for this this old pinball machine uh, that he used to play. Um, and here, the wincing is basically about a guy who um, you know gets gets drunk with his buddy called the Rat at this underground bar in Tokyo, and um, just kind of like his musings and, and his girlfriends that he's seen and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting. Um, and I hadn't read that one in a few years, and kind of just gravitated back towards it, and was delighted once again by is, mr murakami is that related to the wild sheep chase yeah so th these are the precursors to that book okay. so it's like a trilogy they call it the rat trilogy so okay. these are the first two because i remember the rat as a character in that book yeah have you read these ones no okay well i can you know, i can lend it to you if you want yeah all right um what's your number one all right my number one is the overstory this is a book by richard powers it won the pulitzer prize for fiction in 2019 no big deal oh i read a big book this year interesting i like reading you know one probably one one or two big books in a year was it this like 600 700 pages this is like yeah like high fives maybe okay yeah, yeah um this is a book that tells five or six different interconnected stories about people and their interactions with trees and it is very, very focused on the powers of trees, the powers of nature, how everything is connected. You get a sense of that based on like just how trees grow with their mm. roots and how their roots stretch out and also how trees talk to each other mm. because they do. Yep. Forests are sort of living beings. Mm -hmm. um, but then also some of the characters in the different vignettes overlap and the vignettes will collapse when two characters meet and then become like a new chapter where these two people are, are you know, on an adventure together that sort of thing oh, but trees figure prominently in each of the sections um and so it's a book that's very i think concerned and interested in the future of nature and what people are missing 
you know, when they look outside their windows, you see something as plain as a tree and you're like, oh, the tree is, it'll be there forever. It's just sort of what it is. But there are obviously forces at play that are making the future of trees a little more dubious. Mm. Not to say nothing of like the future of uh, certain species on the planet too. Right. Oh. So a, a big book full of big themes. I definitely recommend it. Um, takes a lot of brain power, but... It's actually it's actually not as like homeworky as you might think. Really, but definitely like the overstory. Yeah, I so I've heard about this book a few times. I think my mom has read it, um, and it said it's like wonderful. Um, this is definitely on my list of books. But I saw the page count. I was like, well, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> you just got it's got to be one big book a year, and then you That's just true. you like figure out the rest of your year around it. Oh, I see. That's like the centerpiece. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, do however you do it. But yeah, that's yeah. how I like to do it. Okay. It's like you have your centerpiece book, and then you just fill in the gaps. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to read that one. I've heard I've heard very good things. Okay. Episodes. Yes. Top three podcast episodes of the year. I think this is me first. My number three is The Devil All the Time. Now, we didn't particularly like this movie. Um, I, I did like the book because it reminded me of something that I might have written. Like, its interests and my interests overlap pretty heavily. Although, I you know, my writing is not as violent and as like nasty as this guy's writing is, but I thought the conversation was good because there was a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also a lot that I found funny and ridiculous in the adaptation. And I think those episodes are a little bit better because I always, you know, I mean you too, like it's, it's better to talk about stuff that is like actually interesting to you mm. And that stuff is like when someone has a really bad accent or like the acting doesn't work <laughs> yeah. or the whatever, like area setting is interesting. Yeah. Um, so I like Devil all the time, even though it wasn't my favorite read or watch of the year. I thought the episode was um, one of my favorites. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then so my number three is uh, Burning. So for reasons I basically just mentioned um, from the movie portion. Um, it was my favorite episode to, to do because it was just so much fun to talk about and bounce ideas off of you and um, see what your interpretations were about certain things. Um, I mean, that's kind of why we did this, started this thing, was to kind of figure out these books and figure out these movies and sort of have these really interesting conversations that you wouldn't always have maybe with just yourself. Um, so that's why number three was burning for me. So Bernie is actually my number one. So I'll just, I'll give that away. Oh, I so see I, I'll echo everything that you said. I, there's just so much to talk about in that book. Um, and in the, not the book, the short story and in the movie. And it was really nice to not have to, like you're saying, not have to have a conversation by yourself. Yeah. You're just like looking in the mirror and like, I don't understand. Why did he do this? <laughs> was this a metaphor? I don't I'm know. here for you. Yeah. I'm here to talk about it. Um, but I'll do my number two, which I know has an overlap with your number two. Yep. Is our interview with Neil Clark. Um, we, at the end of our sci-fi, uh, season, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my words, That's, it's been a long year. It's going to be great. <laughs> Everything's going to be great. Um, we interviewed two different people who are editors of, of big sci-fi mags. Um, and I picked this Neil Clark interview as number two because it was the second of the two that we did. And for me, I just thought we were a little more polished in how we Definitely. did the interviewing. Um, but I, I thought both of them were really engaging and interesting it was really cool to hear from somebody that is in the know who receives submissions, um, reads the slush pile, knows what some of the tropes are in sci-fi, what are good like 
forms of that writing, what are bad forms, mm-hmm. and then have a conversation about like adaptations with him. I yeah. thought it was really was really cool. Yeah, because he obviously knows a bit more about the machinations of sci-fi than we do. Um, I don't know. Interviewing experts always good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was it was really cool that we got these guys to interview, especially Neil, because he is he's he runs this magazine, um, science fiction magazine called Clark's World. As Eric, as Eric mentioned, and he, his magazine, I think, is kind of on the ascent um, and has really great artwork and is, 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 is I think he has a lot of followers on Twitter as well. Yeah. And it seems like it's it's a it's going to be a magazine around that's going to be around for a while. Uh, so, so to get his perspective on science fiction in general, uh, adaptations uh, and films that he likes and d- super dislikes as well uh, was interesting to us. And yeah, it's cool to get, you know, it's cool to get people's perspectives or perspectives who are like, you know, in the know, like you said. Yeah. So mine, so my number two was actually the same thing, same episode. Neil. So shout out Neil. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, you mentioned. One. Yes. My number one's burning. And your yeah. Number one is the Trevor Quattro interview. So I think I threw this one up just because of how excited I was for that interview. And, um, cause we hadn't interviewed, cause that was like our third or fourth episode of the year, I think. Yeah. That was after. Uh, we'd done um, the three episodes for that season and we hadn't done an interview in a a couple years because we had paused the podcast for a couple years so I was really excited for the interview and I just thought it was such a great conversation he was super duper nice uh, really interesting to talk to Um, and he had kind of like a he he runs Analog which is um, a very classic uh, science fiction magazine that's been around since I think the 40s or 50s yeah I think it might have been the first yeah, like one of the originals um, and had, you know, we briefly mentioned like a, a, there was like a bit of controversy about um, one of the awards that they give out at the end of the year. The name of the award was, you know, um, uh, named after the guy who had created the um, the magazine. Yeah. And he had, you know, had said some less than nice things about certain types of people and stuff. And um, just getting that perspective and stuff from him and was interesting and. I don't know. It was, it was, a, I just had a lot of fun doing the interview and listening to it afterwards. Yeah. It was, I guess like at the beginning, I mean, not the, it was corner. It was kind of at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. And I think it was April. So it's the beginning, like Maybe, a couple yeah. weeks into it and yeah. everything was really weird. I just remember. Yeah. And to get, do an interview over video. Yeah. And with somebody who was like so big in his field. Yeah. Both of those guys, Neil and, and Trevor. Yeah. Um, that was just super cool. But it, also at the beginning of quarantine, everything was like really heightened. Everything was, yeah, very odd. Like we didn't really know what exactly was going on, I think. Yeah. Or how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I think one of the interesting things was we talked to Neil about Trevor because we had done the Trevor one before Neil. Um, he had mentioned the differences between them, them two was um, that um, Trevor has kind of like a lot of weight on his shoulders yeah. Because there's a big history with his magazine um, and the popularity of it. So there's a lot that he has to kind of live up to. And there's a lot of pressure in that. And the difference between Neil's magazine, Clark's World, is that it's new. So there isn't like a, that historical pressure on him. He can kind of get away with doing things that maybe Trevor c- can't really do. Yeah. Um, so it can be more nimble. Yeah. So, so listen to those episodes. I think those are great conversations. Yeah. You can um, find them all wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. So Eric, what are we looking forward to in 2021? Well, I, my list was all focused on like movie and book stuff, but 
you made a, a couple of, you know, real life things. And so I wanted to add my own real life thing, which okay. was um, my wife and I got married in 2020, but we didn't have our wedding party for obvious reasons. So in 2021, hopefully we'll be doing that. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also just generally looking forward to the uh, reopening of movie theaters. I guess they're open, but I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to better movies. I don't know about you, but I didn't. I don't really. I don't really. I haven't really vibed with a lot of the 2020 releases so far. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopefully some of the better thing. Hopefully there's better things ahead. Yeah. As far as that goes, um, and then I hit my Goodreads reading goal this year. No big deal. Shout out. I set it for like 20 every year, and I finally hit it. I hit 24. Uh, I'm going to set it for 21 next year. We'll see how that goes. Why don't you set it for 24? Well, I don't like to be that aggressive. <laughs> okay. I like to take baby steps. I see. Those are little baby steps. 20 is good. I think that's... I mean, you, you had some breathing room. Yeah. I'll have one big book, and then I'll fill it in with, like, poetry collections. <laughs> there you go. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm looking forward to in 2021 is the same wedding party uh, that I believe I've been inv- invited to. I'm pretty sure. Your, I think your invitation got lost somewhere. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so that'll be a lot of fun um, since we didn't really get to celebrate it as we wanted to um, this year. But uh, for me, I'm, you know, start embarking on a new career um, into design. Um, so that's a big thing for me that has kind of taken uh, a bit of a pause essentially in 2020 because of everything that's happened. And I'm looking, I'm eager to get that started uh, next year and, and really, um, dive into that and i'm really excited to see where little lens goes because we you know we started this i think in 2015 or 2016 did it for a couple years and then took a break for another couple years and you know had a drunken conversation one night i think earlier this year was like hey let's bring it back before the pandemic before the pandemic and it was yeah like january and we did we brought it back and um you know there's a lot that we're going to get into in 2021 um that i'm really excited about and you know see where it goes yeah more episodes a new website that you're working on yep new website um Hopefully some more interviews and uh, and hopefully some money. Yeah. I mean, we, we do this podcast, obviously, for, for free and we, we pay for it all ourselves. But we set up a Patreon, patreon.com slash little lens. If you have a couple of dollars you want to throw our way, we would obviously appreciate it. Um, that's obviously new. So we're thinking about, depending on what happens, mm-hmm. you know, we might change the circle of support to offer some stuff to, to people as well. Yeah. But, you know. We do this because it's fun and we like it. Yeah. And, and so, we, yeah, we hope you like it too. I mean, it's, it's really fun to talk about books and, and more adaptations. Um, and we hope you enjoy it. You know. Thanks for listening in 2020. See you in 2021. See you then. <laughs>